there aren't lots and lots of BME qualified vets out there. So I think it's really important that we have a really good spread of role models at all stages of their profession, working in all fields as well. So not just small animal vets, not just farm vets, you know, vets working in like DEFRA and vets working like pharmaceuticals and everything, showcasing the breadth of the profession and also showing that it's something that anybody can do. Welcome to the Vet Times Podcast, a concise weekly topical clinical podcast from the people behind Veterinary Times. This is part two of our episode with David Charles, Senior Vice President of the Association of Veterinary Students UK and Ireland and a recent graduate. Having previously discussed the lessons he learned from his visit to the National Association of Black Veterinarians Conference, David considers the influence role models could have on BME students and the next generation of vets in the UK. To which I asked, do you see yourself as such a role model for the veterinary profession? I'd say like, yes and no. I think I'm very keen to be part of, you know, where, where we are going with this. You know, in no way do I think I could be the only person to do this because of course. You, you need lots of people. And you know, we've got BVEDs and we've got a lot of people working on this. But as with all sort of role models, different people connect with different people. And so, you know, I'm very keen to be hopefully one of a number of positive role models showing that I can be a very, hopefully, a very good new graduate vet and do a very good job at what I'm doing. And, you know, as we sort of touched on earlier, I'm a new graduate vet primarily. I also happen to be BME. That doesn't define me as a veterinary surgeon. Of course it doesn't. Um, but I think what it does is it will hopefully show A, students at vet school, and B, younger students at school, you know, just thinking about being a vet, that actually it is something they can achieve. All my pre-vet school work experience and actually all my EMS and everything, I had fantastic mentors and I had fantastic vets who invested so much time in me. You know, I always wanted to do mixed practice and I think a lot of people took a chance on me given that I have no farm background or anything <laughs> and really invested their time in me to help me develop maybe some particularly some of those basic skills that you know students who have grown up on farms and things just already have um because you know I didn't have horses or pets or anything um you know people really invested their time in me and I'm so grateful for that but I have never seen practice or done EMS with any BME vets um you know I was very lucky the bosses at one of my EMS placements they they were international um one from Switzerland one from Germany and they were fantastic but yeah, you know, if you're if you're a school student and you're thinking about this profession and you go to the vet, whether it's as a client or you do some work experience or anything, it doesn't necessarily look like you'd fit in in the profession. And, you know, there's been a lot of research about people do better when they feel they fit in in their workplace. And, you know, I think we need to make sure we do have role models out there showing that this is something that you can do if you're a BME school student. And so, yeah, you know, I think that that's really important. There aren't there aren't lots and lots of BME qualified vets out there. So I think it's really important that we have a really good spread of role models at all stages of their profession, working in all fields as well. So not just small animal vets, not just farm vets, you know, we vets, vets working in like DEFRA and vets working like pharmaceuticals and everything, showcasing the breadth of the profession and also showing that it's something that anybody can do. And I don't think I necessarily realised at first how passionate I was about this. And then... <laughs> Going, going over to the States and talking about it and actually realising that there are a lot of people maybe who potentially aren't as stubborn as me and wouldn't have stuck at it. You know, I think everybody can get a lot of really questionable careers advice. Um, and I think 
a lot of people get told that maybe they should consider a different degree, a different career profession. I, I got told that. I um, I got predicted like B's and C's at A-level. I then got A's and A-stars. And if my school had maybe believed in me, I probably might have applied straight away. Turns out I went to Birmingham and had an amazing time. But it takes a bit of maybe stickability to persevere and then reapply to vet school when people who you know I think as a school student you should kind of look up to your teachers they are probably some of your biggest role models at that point in time if they then tell you they don't believe you can do something I think that's really hard to then stick in it and be like actually you know I think I can and I'm quite lucky that both my parents and the rest of my family always knew it was what I wanted to do and after like a bit of time at Birmingham they just turned around and said are you happy doing the degree because I'm just in biology and I was like actually I want to be a vet and you know, you need people out there believing that it's something you can do. And I think you also need people to show you it's something you can do because, I don't know, I think it's quite difficult when you've got all the stresses of being a school student and doing A-levels and GCSEs and everything and everything else that you do when you're a teenager that I think academics can slip. And so sometimes you do need to believe it as something you can do. And, you know, we, we have quite a lot of veterinary role models, I think, as a profession. We're quite lucky. There were quite a lot of vets on TV. But... um I think it is a bit of a shame maybe that our two big primetime vet TV shows aren't particularly very diverse. You know, I think they they do wonders for promoting the profession in a way and showing different things that can be done. And I know different people have different views on what kind of veterinary practice we should show on TV. And But, you know, I think most of the vets that we see on primetime TV are older male vets. So, you know, I don't maybe we should look at the kind of vets we're putting on TV a bit more. But then, you know, if we're targeting younger students, then there are things like Pets Factor, which actually has a very diverse um, vets that they work with. So it would be nice if that sort of followed through to like sort of more mainstream media that maybe older school students think about because it would be a real shame if people watch things like Pets Factor as children thought, oh, this is something I could do. And I mean, you get older and obviously you stop watching like CBBC and things then the representation of the vet profession then shows you that actually maybe you can't do it in a way so yeah I'm very keen to be part of a network of BME role models and I know there are potentially some plans to try and get out there and talk about being a graduate vet and things and then by talking about being a graduate vet I'm also showcasing that I'm also a BME vet surgeon at the same time hopefully doing a good job. We've obviously referred back to Neil's presidential speech already Um, for those wondering New RCVS president Neil Connell when he became president in July he pledged that he will do all he can to break down barriers and increase diversity in the profession it also comes after in May uh, Ewan Cameron the head of the University of Glasgow School of Veterinary Medicine said he was ashamed quote at the uh, at the lack of diversity in the profession so moving forward what you've learned from going out to New Orleans and then coming back and where do we go moving forward? Yeah, um, I, I was quite lucky. Um, I got invited to attend college day because um, I'd spoken to Amanda, Neil's predecessor, and she knew I was going out to the conference in the States and she was like, oh, you know, you should definitely come. And then I heard Patricia Mundy's keynote speech as well, who's obviously a BME vet working in, in America, but she did a lot of her training over here um, at the RBC, which is obviously how she knows past president Amanda. And yeah, a lot of her speech resonated with a lot of things I'd said when I went over to America. She was talking about not having any role models as a student and saying that it wasn't until she did her, I think it was her internship or her residency at RBC, that was the first time she met another BME veterinary surgeon. 
you know, and that's after 18 years of school and time at university and everything. And so that was quite interesting. And then, yeah, obviously it's really great that the college have made it such a priority. Um, yeah, and, you know, I, th- I think it needs to be a priority from, from the college level down to vet schools council. So people like you and, and Susan Dawson, who's now just coming in the chair and everyone, I think it needs to be looked at at all the different levels because the thing America are doing really well at the moment is developing what they call their pipeline of students coming through. And they, maybe a few years ago, people like Rustin Moore and some of the other heads of vet schools who decided this was going to be a priority basically turned around and said, what we're doing for recruitment isn't good enough. We're just talking to people doing science degrees already at university or pre-vet degrees because of the way America works. They had students on their campus who they thought would be interested and they used to just go to the other side of campus and talk to these younger students and say, when you finish your pre-vet degree, come and do the vet degree with us, stay at the same place, you know us and everything. And they realised that that wasn't working because they were sort of hitting people too late and they really wanted to develop a pipeline of BME students who saw it as a career option and who were interested in it and who would enjoy being in the profession coming through. And so I think we need to look at that in the UK as well. We need to be getting more vet surgeons out into schools, talking to diverse school students of all ages but we need to be starting earlier we can't just go to like a sixth form careers fair and say come and be a vet surgeon we need to be talking to people before they've picked the GCSEs we need to be talking to people when they're in like year six year seven you know it doesn't need to be like hard hitting science stuff but you need to show people that it's an option that's out there and it's an option that's out there to anybody I think that's really really important and when you look at other schemes like STEM ambassadors I don't think there's any reason why a vet can also be a STEM ambassador and, you know, go in and there's a lot of good work on Twitter. There's a really interesting account following um, Tigers in STEM, which is about increasing diversity in STEM. And so vets sort of come under that. And it's really important that we are developing this pipeline of people coming through who are interested and who think it's something they can do. You know, I think I'm of the belief that most people, if they were motivated enough and it was what they wanted to do, could train to be a vet surgeon. We have incredible teaching universities who teach our vet students really, really well. And when we say there's a lack of diversity in the profession, it's not because the vet schools are recruiting in an undiverse way. It's because if you look at the stats of people applying, we have an undiverse cohort of applicants. So you end up with undiverse vet students and therefore an undiverse profession. And so, yeah, we need to be going back earlier, developing this pipeline, I think, There's a lot we can learn from over in the States as well. I think universities are open to openly saying this is our priority. I think now is a really good time with it. You know, it's important at the college level. It's important from a BVA level with things like the discrimination survey. It's important from a university's level as well. I think it's a whole profession issue that we can really promote the profession really well and promote that we can be a diverse profession. What about the veterinary groups? Is there something that can be done to get more of them involved, the corporates, for example? Yeah, definitely. I think everybody in the profession has a role to play um, because it's going to affect everybody. You know, the bigger groups who hire a significant number of vets, you know, if you've got 800 practices, think how many vets you've got working for you they have a real chance you know you've got to think about the school students who are going into those practices to do work experience you know not even EMS or anything they've just written a letter to the vet being like I think this is something I might want to do can I come and see what it actually entails and work experience is so powerful but access to work experience is really difficult and you know I'm slightly biased because I know more about Bristol because that's where I trained but I know Bristol 
a few years ago completely changed their admission structure. You know, when I applied, um, you had to have like about 10 weeks or something work experience in all these different fields. And when you're a school student, it's really hard to go to loads of places because you can't drive. You're reliant on your parents. You're reliant on people having the time to give up as well. You've got a narrow window of school holiday. A lot of people actually have to work in their school holiday to afford to live. So it was quite difficult. And yeah, so Bristol massively slashed the requirements. You know, you still need some, which I think is important, but it's about making it accessible. There are a lot of barriers in our profession. I think it probably links into other things I've done work on like the EMS stuff um, AVS led on last year and you know previously to that as well when people looked at the cost of EMS and NUS on the whole looked at the hidden costs of being a university student as a vet student there's also costs to getting into vet school and you have to go and do all this placement you have to do all these things and so the big groups who employ a significant number of vets I think have a really important role in trying to encourage anybody who is interested to have the chance to come and do some work experience with them you know, I think every vet, somebody else has let them do work experience with them. And as a person, we're really good at paying it forwards. Things like EMS wouldn't still be able to run. Yes, vets in practice have no sort of input into like assessing it or how it works. But the college wouldn't be able to say you need to go and do your 26 weeks of clinical EMS if the profession weren't going to take people in and pay it forwards. And so, yeah, I think every vet in practice can help encourage diversity by talking to people about it being a viable profession it doesn't matter what your background is it doesn't matter whether you're 18 year old coming from school or whether you've worked doing something else for like 10 years before I think if you're interested in profession we need to be encouraging everybody um, and showing that it is open to everybody so say 10 years down the line where would you hope the profession would be in terms of its diversity its inclusivity I'd really like to hope that we were more representative of the UK population on the whole. For me, actually, it would be really nice, and I don't think this is attainable in 10 years, but in America, somebody raised the point, you know, there's that really famous picture where it talks about equality and equity. You know, it's um, the people, the kids trying to watch the baseball game and three people, different heights, and equality is everybody having a box of the same size to stand on, and equity is people having what they need to be able to achieve what they want to do and you know it would be really nice if at some point in the future we didn't necessarily have to talk about diversity in the way we are now and you know I think it links back to the idea that it's actually it's about being a good veterinary surgeon doing a good job for your patients for your clients you are a public facing figure there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that you are an ambassador for the profession every time you welcome somebody into your consult room or you arrive on farm or at the yard you know you're not just an ambassador for your practice or for yourself you're an ambassador for vets it's about being a good veterinary surgeon doesn't matter about anything else it doesn't matter about your ethnicity your gender your sexual orientation or anything people should judge you based on your skills as a veterinary surgeon I think the last thing I'd probably add is, since I've qualified, I've had a few people ask me, like, oh, have you had, like, any issues, like, with clients or anything since you've qualified, particularly maybe some friends who are younger, um, who are BME students as well, and I haven't. People know if they've seen me at my practice anyway, but that's, you know, I'm the only man in my practice anyway, and I'm quite tall and I have a deep voice and everything. It's not just because I'm a BME veterinary surgeon. But at the end of the day, if a client leaves my contact room happy, and, you know, I'm I'm quite lucky that, you know, every now and again you get a few clients who say to reception, oh, I, I saw the new vet, he was really, really good. Nobody has ever said anything to anybody at the practice like, oh, I, I saw the BME vet, he was really, really good. Like, 
no, nobody's surprised that you're good as a vet. People expect you to be a good vet and that's kind of everything you can do. And yeah, I think equally it's important to have a practice that support you, but that's important as a new graduate. That's nothing to do with anything else. It's about having a practice who give you an environment where you can thrive and you can work really well and you can learn because as a new graduate, there is a lot to learn, like computer systems and all the things that you don't really think about when you're studying as a student and you're focusing on learning the clinical stuff. Yeah, you know, I think it would be really nice if we got to the point where we were just talking about how good people were as veterinary surgeons because I don't really think anything else matters. Excellent. Breaking down the barriers for years to come. David, thank you very much for joining us today for this episode. There's some very interesting points. We'd love to hear your views. If you have any to share or to discuss, you can get in touch with us through our social media channels or by emailing. Until next time for another episode, goodbye. That's it for Vet Times Podcast this time. If you like what you've heard, tell your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening. See you next time.